Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before we get into the stories, I need to give a warning for story number two for sexual abuse. And there's also some mentioning of pedophilia in story number three. So you've now been warned in case you want to avoid stories like that. If any of you ever want to share your own story, you can send it to southerncannibal.com, link down in the description. And remember, to always, stay hungry. My name is Francisca. I've lived in the southern United States for just over a year now with my mom and brother, who's six years younger than me. It's been a so far blissful life here, compared to the freezing cold temperatures of the upper Midwest. But recently, I remembered something that really sent chills down my spine. Brace yourselves, because it's going to be one heck of a ride. I stay up late some nights due to not being able to go to bed at what some would call reasonable times, such as 9 or 10 p.m. I usually go to bed at around 1 a.m. at the latest, but sometimes if I have a day off the next day, it's usually 2 or 3 a.m. So this one night last April, I remember it was April because it was only two weeks until my birthday. It was around 12.30 a.m., and I was in my little office space playing on my HP laptop, and I was listening to some scary stories on YouTube. Those videos were awesome, and I really loved them. They never failed to get my heart pounding with a fearful excitement. I was just starting, I think, on my 10th video, when I then hear a sound at our front door, almost like someone was knocking on our door and trying not to get caught. Our dog Oreo, who was an older black lab, had raised his head from his bed, and he had looked at the door, his ears alert, and he then gave a soft growl that emitted from his throat. I went to him, crouching down to his level, and whispered softly, What is it, boy? What's out there? Oreo growled again, and sort of placed his big left front paw on my lap, as if to tell me not to go near the door no matter what. Another knock sounded, and this one was a bit harder. I was surprised that my mom or my brother Dominic hadn't woken up from this one, but they are heavy sleepers, so I guess that was the reason. Feeling a little freaked out, I went to the office and grabbed my phone, and I turned on the flashlight. I pointed at one of the glass side windows at the door. What I saw nearly scared the life out of me. There was a woman staring right back at me. She was in her 20s if I had to guess, and she was very slim. Her hair was light blonde, lighter than mine though, like bleach blonde, and it was pulled back into a long high ponytail. She was dressed in a tank top or a sports bra, then was hard to make out due to the darkness and my limited lighting, and she also had sweatpants on. But her eyes, her eyes were something I'll never forget to this day. They were wide open, like if you open your eyes as wide as you possibly can and just hold them like that. Yeah, those were the types of eyes I was staring into. They were blue, but very bloodshot and wild. I wanted to scream, but I was frozen. The woman then tapped on the glass, and I was so startled from the soft but rapid taps that I fell over onto my ass and scooted away in fright. She then saw that I wasn't coming to open the door and began to pound harder on the door. I noped into my bedroom, taking Oreo with me, and locked the door. 
There is my sweet dog lay at my feet watching the door as the banging to the front door continued. I buried myself in my covers, praying that that crazy woman would just go away. I had finally passed out and woke up at around 10 a.m. I had to work that day at 3 p.m. So I then got up and I left my room with Oreo behind me. When I entered the kitchen, Dominic was looking at the feed from our security camera that is posted on the right side wall above the door. There in the footage, I saw the lady and I then totally freaked out, saying, Oh my God, I saw her. My mom calmed me down and Dominic replayed the footage. The camera could record sound, so we were able to hear her saying something loud. Dominic then furrowed his brows at the video and looked at me. Francisca, can you hear what she's saying? I can't make it out at all. I'm going to give this to the officer that lives near us, and I need to know exactly what she said if he needs to write a report. I told him to reply it, and I listened. The first phrase she spoke was right after she knocked the first time, when Oreo had lifted his head up to alert me of something not being right. She said in a calm, soft voice, John, I can't. I just can't. I looked at the woman on the screen and repeated what she had said to Dominic. He nodded, but I think he had the same question as me. Who is or who was John? The next and last phrase she spoke was a mere two minutes after I noped into my room. And this one, it still sends chills to my blood to this day. I turned my phone off so they can't trace me, John. I don't know. Well, open the door and let me run in real quick to get it. Get it? Get what? Dominic and I asked the same thing at the same time. It was like we had dodged a bullet. We gave the video to our calm neighbor and he then looked at us and asked if we knew. Apparently the woman had been high out of her mind on crystal meth and drunk on vodka. Not a good combo. And she had also broken into someone's house along with her druggy boyfriend, but they had apparently been caught and arrested. He then asked if we had seen their vehicle. We hadn't. It was a white van with a sliding door on the passenger back side and it had no windows to see into the back. Dominic made a joke calling it the creeper van, and our calm neighbor said that's what they were planning. The girl had admitted that they were going to rob people, and if they had someone or a few people they liked, they'd take them too. We thanked our calm neighbor and headed home. Those two have never returned, and I feel only slightly spooked when I hear a knock on the door. Sadly, Oreo passed away in August of 2022 from old age but I thank him every day for alerting to the sound and keeping us safe when he was getting to be an old dog. I want to say thank you to Oreo for protecting our family when it was just us alone at night with some cracked down lady and her creepy ass boyfriend in the creeper van. Be safe out there folks. Always lock your doors at night and if you can, install some cameras that take audio and visual surveillance. Ours were from Amazon and they were definitely worth the money we spent on them. Also, if something doesn't feel right, get someone or call a neighbor or the police if it doesn't feel safe. Take care. My boyfriend and I moved into our house in late 2020, and because of the pandemic and us not really being the types of people to go around talking to our neighbors, we didn't really know them that well. 
For some perspective, I didn't learn the names of our next door neighbors for two years. And by that point, they had already done some neighborly favors for us, like loaning us tools and such. I also feel it's important to know that we live in a pretty conservative area where most of the people are old enough to be our parents or grandparents, and people that look like they could be rednecks are common. Also, our house is on a corner with a steep hill in our yard, so part of our first floor is level with the ground, some is several feet above ground. One day after work, my boyfriend and I were burning some leaves and general stuff that we save for burning for whatever reason. My boyfriend's doing the hard work of trying to make the wet leaves and the old stuff burn, while I collect little twigs and whatnot to use as kindling. A man walked along the one side of the yard, and upon turning the corner, saw us collecting sticks on the edge of the property line. He said hi, and I called a hello in response. That was apparently his invitation to enter our yard and chat with us. He had talked to my boyfriend about my boyfriend's fancy fast car, an Audi TT, and he said he was on his way to the convenience store for some beer. Boyfriend offered to drive him and let him ride in the Audi. The neighbor then said, Only if it's okay with your wife, and then looked at me. They got back, and the neighbor stayed and continued to talk for way too long. Boyfriend and I generally try to be super nice, but we had both experienced something kind of shitty recently, and our neighbor had apparently had something similar happen recently as well. He mentioned looking for a job with benefits. I mentioned where we both worked at the time that required a drug test. The neighbor then said something along the lines of, Ah, I can never pass a drug test, while making a face, then talked about popping pills. My boyfriend then gave me the, is this guy serious, look, and I returned it. They continued talking while I listened in and just kept the fire going. Eventually, I noticed the neighbor started to get really shifty and uncomfortable. He'd jump and dart his head if he noticed any kind of movement, and he looked terrified when I moved to stoke the fire to give us some more light. He kept making hand motions and explained that he was trying to remember how to get home. The neighbor explained that he had to go through the swamp to get home, which we hit as odd because there is no swamp. There's a lake, but no housing that close to the lake, as there's a camp on the other side. Boyfriend offered to drive him home, which the neighbor then started wigging out and saying he didn't want anyone to know where he lived, and he then started talking about his kids, two of which I went to school with, and the oldest one was one of my best friends in high school. He talked so much shit about the one I was friends with, and I was honestly considering whether it would be worth it to fight this tweaker. Around 9.30pm, several hours since the neighbor arrived, I said I was going to head inside, saying I was heading to bed. In reality, I was just going to plug my phone in, and then contact his kid that I was friends with. Neighbor hits the Midwestern knee slap, well I best be going, and then stood only to nearly topple and stagger around the yard until my boyfriend caught him, once again offering him a ride home, which again he denied. I watched him from inside, knife in hand, as boyfriend then realized the neighbor couldn't make it up our hill, and he then helped him before finally joining me inside. What made me ever more nervous was that my boyfriend locked the door when he came in. Our area has always been super safe, We've never even locked our door until that point, 
and once he was sure the door was locked, he then grabbed the gun from the top of the fridge and held it low. It didn't take long for me to get a reply from my friend in all caps saying, Call the cops! With an explanation that he was a heavy drug user and that he had also molested her and her younger sisters. Then, she told me to Google his name. Well, I found a statutory rape case that was dropped against him because the victim didn't want to relive the situation for the court trials. While I was finding all that out, I had heard him cock the gun and move towards the door to get a better look. The neighbor was staggering around a tree at the top of our hill, and my boyfriend then asked me to make sure the sliding door was locked. I submitted a tip to the police that an inebriated man was wandering our street carrying a large object. We still had our former roommate's drug paraphernalia, and my boyfriend was scared that they'd search our house if we gave our names and address, and we'd get in trouble for that stuff, as none of it's legal in our state. My boyfriend slept with his gun next to him, and I slept with my knife next to me. We left all of our lights on downstairs in hopes that the neighbor would think we're still up. The next morning when I came down, boyfriend then told me that the man came back asking for his case of beer. Boyfriend also explained that he took it with him and the neighbor found it in another neighbor's driveway. With the neighbor's criminal reports, I was able to find his address and he's not even super close, but he's also not as far away as he was making a scene. Neighbor came back once or twice to see if we wanted to hang out, but my boyfriend always answered the door with his gun tucked into his pants, saying we're busy. Now, all of this happened very close to one of my boyfriend's camping trips, and he even offered to cancel his trip so I wouldn't be home alone. After assuring him I'd be fine though, and he could still go, I was given another course on the, this is how you do this with the gun, aim for here, Cosmetic damage to the house is nothing compared to damage to you. This is how to take someone down in hand-to-hand. All advice from my boyfriend. My boyfriend went ahead on the trip, but he called me every night to check up on me. We still see the neighbor occasionally, and if we're outside when we see him, we get inside as fast as possible. There was even some time where boyfriend would be nervous for me to go out and pick mulberries from our trees just in case the neighbor saw me at the one near the road. We haven't heard from him since other than those occasional sightings, but if he tries to run another shitty leaf bonfire again, I'm calling the cops. I started dating my ex when I was 14, although as I matured, I came to realize then he wasn't my boyfriend. He was a pedophile. You see, when I was 14, he was 24. It should go without saying that he completely brainwashed me and controlled me. I finally left him when I found out he was having a relationship with my sister's 15-year-old babysitter. Of course, I never blamed her. She was just as much of a victim as I was. I did, however, reach out to her parents just to let them know what was going on, and I begged them to protect their daughter. Needless to say... He didn't take my leaving him very well. After the breakup, he stalked me for three years. This all happened in the early to mid-90s, so unfortunately, stalking laws were practically non-existent then. My ex would send me gifts. I knew it was him, but the New York City police would just always say, He sent you a gift. What kind of crime is that? 
And I even had another officer say, he just misses you and wants another chance. Go to dinner with him and see how it goes. No matter where I moved to within the five boroughs or how many times I changed my job, he would find me. He would cry for me to take him back, and then five minutes later, he threatened to cut my face up. This went on for two years. I came home one day, and I had found a doll hanging from my ceiling fan with its face cut to pieces, along with a note taped to the doll that said, See how easy it could be. I filed a police report and went to petition the court for a P.O. Even with all of my evidence, the judge said that I had no proof he was the one that broke in and left the note. I knew why my reports and fears were not being taken seriously. Well, it was because my ex himself was a New York City cop. Each time I said as much to one of the officers, they would immediately shut me down, saying, It doesn't work like that. That time was scary, but sadly, it got even scarier. I had started dating my now husband. I know it sounds crazy, but by the end of our first date, and unbeknownst to each other, we were both envisioning our future wedding in life, and we've been married 27 years now, together 29. Anyway, he came to me one day, a bit upset. His company was expanding, and they were opening up an operations center in Boston, and they wanted him to move up there and head it up. We decided within 30 minutes that I would also move up there, and we would get a place together. I was excited, because this could really give me a new and safe life. I was very careful with whom I told we were moving, and outside of my immediate family, no one knew where I was moving to. I had my mail forwarded to my mom's, then she would put all of it in one big envelope and mail it to my P.O. box in Massachusetts. It felt like I could finally live again, because six months into our move, we were engaged, buying our first house, and I could go outside and not be on edge, looking all around me as I walked. Then, the safety and freedom I felt were all gone in an instant. We walked into our newly purchased house with the intention to start painting. When I went into the kitchen, though, it was like deja vu. Hanging from the kitchen ceiling fan was a doll and note that read, Did you really think you could hide from me forever? I broke down. I didn't even bother reporting this to the police because I knew how it worked. A week later, as I was getting into my car for work, I was grabbed by the hair from behind. I could actually hear my hair ripping from my scalp, and I was then punched in the face and then my stomach. My fiancé happened to look out the window at the very same time because he had heard a man cussing and yelling. He called 911 on our cordless phone while he ran outside with his hunting rifle. My crazy ex let go of me and then started laughing, as well as threatening the both of us. He just kept saying how I'm not going to live to walk down the aisle, also saying he's untouchable because the blue line is never crossed, no matter the state. The police pulled up, and they drew their guns on my fiancé. I told them that he was protecting me from my ex, who had just assaulted me. Once they got a clear picture of what was going on here, my ex showed his badge and asked the officer, Uh, we're cool here, right? The Boston police saw the bruise forming on my face, and saw the clumps of my hair on the ground. Then the officer said to my ex, yeah, we understand. 
The officer's partner then picked up my husband's rifle from the ground and started reading him his rights. I was dumbfounded and horrified when the other officer then put his hand out to shake my ex's hand. My ex smiled, looking back at me, and then shook the officer's hand, and I broke down crying. However, within seconds, the officer and his partner had my ex on the ground and in handcuffs. They finally understood the situation, but they weren't sure if my ex was armed, so they pretended to be on my ex's side until they could safely detain him. He was then arrested and held without bail. We went to court, and they immediately issued a PO for myself and my husband. I later found out that he had duct tape ropes, a handheld stun gun, zip ties and a ball gag all in his trunk. He claimed his plan wasn't to kill me though. His plan was to take me away from distractions until I fell in love with him again. But I know in my heart that he would have hurt me or possibly even killed me. After several months, he was finally convicted of felony assault, attempted kidnapping, and unauthorized possession of a firearm over state lines while not having a permit in said state. He was sentenced to 20 years, with a mandatory 15 years before the possibility of parole. He was then released in 2013. However, because I had moved to three different states within that time, they were unable to contact me so that I could give a witness statement to the parole board. I have not seen nor heard from him since his release, but I don't know if that's because he finally gave up or if he was still looking for me or stalking me without me knowing. So to my ex, you don't want to meet me again because I'm a completely different woman now. I have my concealed carry and I'm well trained with firearms and I'm always armed. I also took self-defense classes, which led me to getting my black belt in karate. I promise. You will regret it if you ever try to get back into my life.